Welcome to Stacy on the Right here on Family Vision Media's video podcast. Um, the audio is also available online at familyvisionmedia.org if you want to share it that way. So happy to be joined again by Angela Morbido. She's the spokesperson for the Defense of Freedom Institute. Angela, thanks for coming on. Stacy, thank you so much for having me on the show. So this is a topic that you've been writing about, um, speaking about extensively across the country. And now we actually have some more details on what the Title IX ruling could mean for college-age young women uh, on sharing their spaces in private areas. Tell us about your article at Fox News. So I have an op-ed out that's titled, Will Your Daughter's College Roommate Be a Man? And not so long ago, that would have been a very uh, absurd question. Everybody would say, well, of course not. Well, if the Biden administration gets their way, that's going to be a question that people are going to have to ask. Because in the new proposed Title IX rule, they're redefining the term sex to include gender identity. So when they say colleges are allowed to have sex segregated facilities, they really mean those facilities have to be separated on the lines of gender identity, meaning that an 18-year-old girl could go off to her freshman year at college and be assigned to live with someone who is biologically male, who just raised their hand that morning and said, I identify as a woman. So this is the thing that um, parents don't usually worry about. You worry about them rooming with someone who has divergent political, social, or even uh, kind of emotional views. You worry about them rooming with someone who maybe is just mean or incompatible in their you know, relationship style, like just living together. Someone who's a night person when your child's a day person. And they screen a lot of that out because they have a huge questionnaire that you fill out. And some, some of the, the colleges call it matching. Some of them call it, you know, they, they have different names for it. But essentially, it means that you're trying to find someone who has a similar lifestyle to yourself to make it easier to live with a stranger. And it's a part of the college experience. It, it helps you to get outside your comfort zone and it enables you to navigate more than one difficult thing at a time because you're living with someone you don't know in your dorm room and you're also in all of these new classes, which you know you may or may not be diverging from your path in high school, but it's, it's, it's a lot to take in. And the colleges do this because they really want to submerge kids who've been very sheltered and kind of protected in their parents' very cloistered environment um, to give them some new horizons to tackle and achieve on their own. So it's absolutely ludicrous that one of the, the horizons you would have to face as a young woman in America today would be to live in a very intimate setting where you sleep and undress with a man, a stranger at that. It, it's just wild. Access to a women's dorm, to a women's locker room has to be based on something more than raising your hand and saying, I identify as a woman. And I want to be super clear that none of this is about restricting uh, access to education for trans students. In the piece, they actually uh, talk about those campus housing matching systems that you just mentioned and said schools should, can and should be creative about this. And maybe you check a box and say, yes, I am comfortable living with a transgender roommate. That is great for college women because it means they don't have to live with a biological man if they don't want to. And it's also helpful for trans students because they know they're assigned to rooms where they're going to be wholly welcome and, and accepted. So it, there, there's a way to be smart about this. And the Biden administration is actually doing the opposite. They would uh, have, have 
it would be a Title IX violation under this new rule for someone to raise their hand and say, wait a second, my roommate is, is transgender. I am living with a biological male and I just don't feel super comfortable doing that. And the progressive worldview, the person who raises their hand and says, hey, no hate on my end. I'm just not super comfortable with this. Can I get a different room assignment? In the progressive worldview, that person's a bigot and a transphobe. And that is one of the most anti-feminist things I could possibly imagine. So to hear feminists get behind this proposal, it just boggles the mind. So you know what's interesting about that is um, if you've ever been roommates with someone first semester and then second semester, you find out that that person has moved to another room. Um, or they've moved to another dorm. Now, I'm not talking about people who've left college. I mean, the person's still there. They're still in their same major. The only thing that's changed is they're not roommates with you anymore. I don't think there's a person alive, maybe maybe people who went to school with their best friends, you know, but pretty much everyone else has had that experience. I have, a couple of my kids have. And so you're, you're in a position, usually it's the girls too. The, the guys tend to just, you know, the first person they land in a room with, that guy is their best friend. He's their best man at their wedding. They're just friends. Uh, but with the girls, it tends to be, you know, there's more of a sorting. There's more of a, you know, we, we, there's just something about the two of us that isn't a perfect fit. And so the girls will move to another room, one or the other. Um, sometimes it's a situation where one of them just, they've tried having a roommate. They've had a, their own room the entire time they've been alive. They've always had their own room. And after giving it a go for a semester or even a year, they go for a single room. In any case, it can be a little traumatic for the person who's been left because they always wonder, you know, was it my, I have hay fever, I sneeze a lot in the springtime. Was it, you know, I throw my, my clothes on the floor too much or, or was it just that they wanted to live in the dorm that's closer to the track field because, you know, they're, they're running track. You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you never kind of, even if they tell you to your face, which most roommates will do, I'm not moving because of anything between us. I just wanted to live in that dorm or I just want to live with her or I just want to live alone because I just, you know, I just want to live like I did in, in high school. But you are always left with this nagging feeling that you must have done something to bring it on. What's interesting about this is in all of those cases, no matter how much you may want to continue to live with that person, you can never force them to live with you. But this rule in the Biden administration with, with them tying it to Title IX and making it a violation, the person who's uncomfortable is literally saying, I'd like to violate a federal regulation by saying I don't want to live with this person or I have to continue to live with a biological male, which for many girls would go against you know their religious upbringing, living with a man, even if it's a man who's living as a woman living with a man that goes outside of what Christian teaching is, you don't live with someone unless you're married to them, that's a man, right? So even a platonic relationship, this goes into like all kinds of gray areas. So the choice now for women under Biden is violate federal regulations or live with a man. It's just awful. And there was this social contract for so long between colleges and their students, and it's being violated in a bunch of different ways. The contract used to be, you come to our college, you give us four years of your life and your time and effort and money, certainly, and we will give you a degree that's really worth something. Now, that is far from a guarantee. There are a lot of college diplomas that just aren't worth anywhere close to what people paid for them. The social contract used to be, come to our college and we'll teach you how to think. You'll be exposed to diverse viewpoints. 
now sometimes you show up at college and there are rooms that are designated to go cry in if somebody hurts your feelings because they dare to have different politics from you. And this is just one more way that that agreement that used to be so just such a baseline given between colleges and their students. Is, hey, come here. You will live with a roommate of the same sex and you will have a, a peaceful environment in which to live and learn. That's getting disrupted, too. So colleges are really in a bind here. And I do wonder, I wrestle with this, Stacey, are they smart enough to realize it? Because college administrators are a pretty woke bunch. But what this rule does is it forces them to make biological women live with biological men. And I just, I've got to hope that there is somebody on a college campus who is looking out for women and saying, wait a second, if this is going to be federal law, about we can't be doing this we got to stand up against it yeah so i i'm i'm wondering what can we what what kind of tips can we give to parents because um anyone watching this podcast who has a college age student is going to say oh wow now obviously you could say that you want to leave the room for another reason the person snores the per you know so you don't have to name the fact that they're transgendered but i think what they're really looking for is you show up and you've not been informed, right? You, you've not been given opportunity to meet up with this person or you show up to that meeting um, with one of my kids. We actually met with the prospective roommate and her mom. We kind of met halfway in between our towns because she lived on the far side of the, basically Kansas City. We live you know, outside St. Louis. So we drove to Columbia and had lunch at this place she suggested. It was a really cool kind of local eatery that was like a sports bar. And so we show up there and the mom and the daughter, you know, like uh, twinsies. And she said, me and my daughter are like twinsies. And so we sat across from each other, total strangers. And we made small talk and ate our sports bar food and kind of talked about like, okay, if you bring the microwave, we'll bring the Keurig, right? If you bring, are you bringing a rug? What color bedding are you going to use? It was very, like, it was totally a girl combo because guys would have been talking about sports five minutes in. I like black, I, you know, I, I'll bring the Keurig and that's it. Um, but we sat there and talked about these kind of details for a while. Um, talked about, you know, what does your husband do? What, you know, how many siblings, how many kids do you have? That type of thing. It was a really nice meeting that they ended up having a really great time together while they were roommates. But I think if I'd shown up to that meeting and it was her, the mom and a transgendered man sitting across from me and my daughter, I would have said, oh, wow, I think we have a mistake because... Mm -hmm this is a biological woman and you are apparently not. Um, and, and if they'd said, Oh no, I'm definitely your roommate and there's nothing you can do about it, or you'll have to file a complaint or, you know, you'll have to do something about it. I would have just said, well, you know, we're going to stop by uh, steak sh shake shack or Chick-fil-A on the way home to get lunch. And we're going back home because we're not going to sit here and talk about microwaves um, when you're a biological man, because you're not getting anywhere near my daughter. And I know the point is that, transgender people can be attracted to anyone. They can be same sex attracted or opposite sex attracted, but that none of that's my business. Like none of that's my concern. My concern is the care and safety of my, my daughter. And then also, you know, there's risk avoidance, right? So we can't avoid all risk, but we can minimize unnecessary risk. And in that case, it would be an unnecessary risk. And also without our permission, because this person wouldn't have reached out and said, I'm transgendered and I would like to be your roommate. But what do you think about that? Because it's a mutual decision. If we'd met that day and had lunch at the sports bar and found each other distasteful or, you know, my daughter said, I don't know. If, I don't know if I like her. 
then we could have requested a switch. It's kind of what the meeting is about. And you don't do it with every student. Like my older daughter, she did not meet with her roommates beforehand. We just showed up on the day of move-in day. One of them was like, I'm taking this bed. And so you're like, okay, well, that bed's mine. They moved in and they are still friends. They just lived together freshman year and then went, you know, one of them pledged, the other one did not. It, so it's, it's like, well, I would never live with someone that I don't want to live with. So why does the Biden administration think that young girls in college are going to put up with this? They are sacrificing the rights uh, of women and really of all students. There's also the, the flip side of this, where there are probably biological men who identify as men who wouldn't be super comfortable living with a biological woman who identifies as a man. So, so, so this certainly cuts both ways. I, I, this is just such a tricky situation, but the good news is that we have a chance to stop it from being codified into law. If y'all want to go to dfipolicy.org, there's a portal there at the Defense of Freedom Institute, makes it super simple for y'all to submit a public comment that goes to the federal register. The Department of Education will have to consider that comment. They want to hear from the public and from, from what I understand so far, the public is just roaring back and saying, wait a second, I am not comfortable with this. Because it, it's just wild to me that, that look, Title IX was about preventing discrimination. And for the longest time, for 50 years now, it has stood uh, in, in no small part to protect women from sexual harassment and assault. And I hate to think that there could be a time very soon where if some guy wants to mess with some girl, he just raises his hand, says, I identify as, as a woman. This is not a transgender student. This is just somebody who's exploiting the system to cause real harm. And all of a sudden that person is allowed behind closed doors and sleeping just a few feet away from a woman in one of those teeny little shoebox college dorm rooms. I don't know how the Biden administration hasn't seen the huge potential for risk that is available there. Uh, and it's something that, like you said, we got to minimize the risk. We should be making sure this cannot happen. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm interested in the backlash. I think it should be swift and immediate and it should be visited upon the colleges because the only people who can stop the Biden administration from implementing this are the colleges. The colleges would have to push back and say, this is not something we're willing to implement because it violates because a, a lot. So right. What I think a lot of people forget is that Harvard, Princeton, most of the Ivy Leagues were founded as Christian universities. And a lot of universities nowadays, not the state run ones, but the private ones are run on some kind of a charter that has a moralities clause. There are a lot of different like foundational things that we kind of take for granted because our culture has become so secularized. And I by no means am saying that every college is Christian or that they have these um, kind of faith based beliefs, but they understand that it's a huge trust issue. Parents are primarily concerned with safety after the educational product that's being offered, or sometimes primarily concerned with safety and the educational product. It, it's, a, it's a close race between one and two. Um, so this is very important. I put a link in the show notes, DFI, Defense of Freedom Institute at cfipolicy.org. We also have your article at Fox News link there. I would encourage people to tweet it, share it, get it out there, let people know this is going on. If they're not paying attention, especially right now, most people have either moved their kids in or they're moving their kids in this weekend. Um, and if you have a freshman, they've been there since early August. You may have already met the transgender roommate. You might be like, you guys are late, but we are right on time because we want you to fight back. Um, tell everyone how they can find out more about you and what you're doing in your work, Angela. Well, 
First, you should check out DFI Policy on Facebook and Twitter. We are DFI Policy on both platforms as well as on LinkedIn. And DFIPolicy.org is a hub for tons of information, not just about Title IX, but about civil rights and education across the board. Uh, and one of those civil rights I, I, I want to talk about here uh, is, is really just the rights of, of survivors of sexual assault, assault more broadly. And this proposed rule would really mess with that. It would do real harm to students who have been through something awful because it would make almost every single employee of a college or university a mandatory reporter. Meaning that if a student says, hey, something happened to me and it shouldn't have and I need your support, that employee is obligated to report it to the Title IX office even if that is not what the student wants. And there are plenty of reasons that a student may not want to pursue a Title IX process. That's not for me to decide, that's for the student, that is for the individual to decide how they want to move forward after something awful happens to them. And the new rule would actually take that decision-making power away from survivors. So I'm not seeing anything in this proposed rule that is feminist. And there's more information about this and about so many other topics, uh, dfipolicy.org. I hope y'all will check it out. All right. Well, until next time, it has been a pleasure to have Angela Morbido back with us on our video podcast. And you can find out more at familyvisionmedia.org, spacedownthereight.com. God bless you. And thanks for tuning in today.